Welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we hope will inspire, encourage, and challenge you to grow closer to God. So sit back, prepare your heart, and see where God can take you. Today we are continuing our message series we're calling Shine. We're doing that here uh, on the week that we have set aside as a nation to celebrate and commemorate the contribution of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., uh, a man who definitely uh, was a light shining bright in the darkness of his day. And we are still, to this day, feeling the ramifications of how uh, this man allowed God to use him and the movement that he started to overthrow and overturn all of the injustices that stood unchallenged for so long in American life. And we're so grateful, so thankful. I've always had a great admiration for Dr. King. Uh, I've, uh, I, I grew up in the Deep South uh, at a very turbulent time of our history, especially racially uh, turbulent time. And uh, man, I saw such vast forms of racism and injustice coming up as a child. And so, uh, again, I've always had a great respect for and admiration for Dr. King and everything that he allowed God to use him to do to get started. And then, of course, I loved him also as an orator. And there were very few people that could preach like Dr. King. And if you've listened to those historic speeches, you know that's more than a speech. That man was preaching, man. He had the anointing of the Holy Spirit on him. And he had oratory skills that someone like myself that does public speaking just really, really had great admiration for. I, I love how he could turn a phrase. I love how he would use the dynamics of his voice as, as the cadence of his speech would rise and fall. Certain words in a sentence he would emphasize greatly. It would make the hair stand up on the back of your neck, man. I mean, this guy could really do it. And I often wondered, you know, what would it be like to just be around him in every day? We hear the speeches. What would it be like to be around him every day? I even thought, what would it be like to be in his household? What if you were one of Dr. King's children back in the day? This great orator and, and the way he had of expressing himself. Can you imagine the, the nighttime stories at Dr. King's house? Can you imagine? Uh, we just came through Christmas, so let's just say he's sharing the story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer with his children. It would probably go something like, Rudolph! The red-nosed reindeer, you know how Dr. King would do, had a very shiny nose. You know, I can just imagine what that would be like. And I know you're probably going, Jeff, that's silly. Why would, why would you think of something so silly? Well, the truth is that story of Rudolph and Dr. King's story aren't so different because anytime a light shines bright, darkness is always going to push back on it. And all how they pushed back on Dr. King and his message. They tried to quiet him. They tried to silence him. They tried to intimidate him. But I'm so thankful the man let his light shine bright. I'm so thankful that he refused to be intimidated or back into a corner. And even when they thought they had extinguished the light, 
When they pulled the trigger on that fateful Memphis morning, they had no idea what was about to happen because the light began to shine brighter in America than ever before as millions rose up and said, enough is enough. We've got to stop injustice. We've got to turn over all of these things that are creating such injustices. And I'm so grateful, so thankful. And it helps me to realize today as we continue this message series, Shine, what my job is today, what our role is today. We know, as we've discovered the last two weeks, that Jesus said every believer, every follower of his is light in the darkness. We are the light of the world. And today I want to call on us once again to fully embrace that role the Lord has given us, to be light in our darkness The truth is we are called to shine for the purpose of deliverance, not just distinction. Can I say that one more time? The reason Jesus has made us the light of the world is so that we can shine for the purpose of deliverance, not just distinction. Now, don't get me wrong. His light in our life brings distinction. The truth that I've been sharing with you the last two weeks now is that real faith shines. If your faith is real, if it's genuine, if it's sincere, it's always going to have a shine to it. The godliness in your life will have a glow to it. But that glow, that shine is for more than just distinction. It does distinguish us from uh, the darkness that we're surrounded by. There's no question about that. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 5 says, You are all children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night. Do you see the distinction? There's a difference between us and the world. And by the way, if there's no real difference between us and a fallen world, how many know we don't really have the light shining in our lives? It will always create that distinction. And that distinction is important But we can't stop with just the distinction because the purpose of our light shining in their darkness is deliverance. I have a good friend, Dave Reaver, that many of you uh, are familiar with, and we're working on getting him here for an Inspire Night later on this year. And if you've never heard him speak, if you've never heard his story, you want to be sure and be here for it because his is just an amazing, amazing story. He was badly wounded in Vietnam. Uh, During the war there, he was uh, horribly disfigured. But for almost 40 years now, he has used those scars as a platform to reach out to the children here in America's public school system. He'd go in and he would tell his story and uh, his personality is so endearing. He would just draw children to him, especially kids that had had some scars themselves in one way or another. And what he'll do is he'll spend a whole week in a, 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 the school system of a certain city, and then he'll do rallies in the evening where he preaches the gospel. And over the years, literally hundreds of thousands of teenagers have come into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because of that man's light shining in their darkness. And, and, and it's a remarkable ministry that God has given to Dave because he is one who is always just out there kind of on the front line. I asked him a few years ago, I said, I said, Brother Reaver, tell me what's happening. 
What's happening in America right now? What do you see? There you are, kind of with your finger on the pulse of this culture, this nation. What do you see happening? He said, Jeff, and without hesitation, he said, Jeff, the darkness is growing darker and the light is growing brighter. The darkness is growing darker by the minute, but so is the light shining brighter. And I loved that answer because, again, It speaks to the distinctive nature that the light of Jesus brings to all of our lives. And yet what we understand as we study God's word is God's not interested in just creating distinction. He also wants to see us practice deliverance. He wants to use us as a light that will drive darkness out of the world around us. I believe that God wants our light to penetrate the darkness that we're surrounded by every day. How many believe it? Say, I do. Listen to Acts chapter 26. Now, let me, before I read this, let me, let me share with you what's happening. Paul's telling a story. The apostle Paul is telling the story of how his life was once so filled with darkness that he actually made it his mission to persecute and even kill Christians in that day. He was out to try to silence them. He was out to try to stop this movement of Christianity in the early first century. And he's telling the story here in Acts chapter 26 about how while on his way to persecute Christians, a bright light shined upon him so powerfully, so mightily that it knocked him off his donkey. I can remember the day when God's light knocked me off my donkey. How about you? God changed my life and he changed the apostle Paul's life. He introduced himself to Paul that day and Paul called out on him making him Lord of his life right there on the spot. And then right there in that setting, God gives him his commission. And Paul is quoting what God told him here in Acts chapter 26, verse 17 through verse 18, when he says that God told him, I will rescue you from both your own people and the Gentiles. Yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light And from the power of Satan to God. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. Can I tell you that Paul's mission is all our mission? That God is sending every one of us to the Gentiles. He's sending every one of us to those around us in our neighborhoods, on our job, those we have influence with. God is sending us to them for what purpose? to open their eyes so they may turn from their darkness to the light that God is using us to shine in their life, from the power of Satan to the God who's rescued us and can rescue every one of them. That is our mission. That's every one of our mission. It doesn't just belong to the pastor. It doesn't just belong to those in uh, you know ministry, full-time ministry, but all of us, all of us are to be light in the darkness around us. I could use a better amen right about now. All of us need to be that light. God is calling us to be that light. And so it's not enough for light to merely create distinction. We have been made light so we can drive out darkness. So my question for us is, how are we doing? How are we doing? Are you seeing darkness flee? Are you seeing people rescued from their darkness? Are you 
capable of delivering those that you're interacting with every day from the darkness they're in so that they might know the light of God's grace, God's redemption, God's forgiveness, God's freedom. That's our mission, and we have to give ourselves to it. I'm afraid that far too many of us are counting on somebody else to be light in the darkness when that's every one of our job. And we've got to fully, fully give ourselves to it. So many of us live our whole life, you know, doing the things we love to do, raising our families, making a living, carrying out our careers. And listen, nothing's wrong with any of that. All of that is important and all of it has a role in our life. However, our primary purpose in being here in this fallen world, if we're followers of Jesus, is to be light in the darkness. That's our primary responsibility. And so we've got to give it preeminence. We've got to make it priority. We've got to put it on the top shelf and say, I'm going to begin to shine my light like never before. I'm going to give myself to that mission. Can I just tell you, That you'll never really know the kind of fulfillment God intended for you to know. You'll never really understand your divine purpose until you give yourself over to this mission of being a light in the darkness around you. You know, when God saved you, when he came into your heart, forgave you, made you one of his own, you no longer belong to this world. That's why they push back on us so hard. Jesus warned us, hey, they hated me, they're going to hate you. And he warned us, you're going to be persecuted for the word's sake. He said, in this life, you will have tribulation. But he went on to say, be of good cheer, I've overcome this world. And so we need to understand and realize he's left us here, even though we don't belong here. And he's left us here for one purpose, to be light in the darkness, to deliver people from darkness over into the kingdom of light that we now belong to and we now enjoy. Jesus said this in Mark 16, verse 17, these signs will accompany those who believe. He said, in my name, they will drive out demons. Now, can I tell you, uh, by the grace of God, I've done that on literal terms. I've laid hands on people that were possessed by demon spirits, demon spirits that were controlling them to do vile things that they could no longer control in their own life. And I, through the name of Jesus, have cast those spirits out of people, and I've seen them delivered and set free and brought back to their right state of mind. It's a beautiful thing to behold. But by and large, That's not how I've spent the last 40 years driving out demons. I've driven out demons by simply letting my light shine in the darkness. And Jesus said, if we submit ourselves to God and we resist the devil, he will flee. How many are ready to see him flee? How many are ready to chase him out of town? That's our mission, church. We've got to drive out darkness. But here's what you must understand with me today. Light must be allowed to shine. Do you remember what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16? He said, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You heard what he said? He said, let your light shine. In other words, you have a choice in the matter. You don't have to. He warned us against hiding our lamp under a basket. He said, you don't do that. No, 
You let your light shine. So here's the question I have for us all today. Are you? Are you letting your light shine? Are you allowing that? Are you making room for that? Have you given yourself to that? Are you intentional about that? We must become very intentional about letting our light. I mentioned Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer a minute ago. I might as well kind of stay on this on this child story theme or this child song theme. I remember coming up in nursery, and some of you as will uh, will as well. I, I remember coming up in nursery singing uh, the little song. You remember this one? It said, "This little light of mine." I'm going to let it shine. Remember, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. I, I loved that song as a child. One verse said, hide it under a bushel. We'd, yeah, yeah, we would always shout it. That's right. Yeah, you, you grew up. You grew up, you grew up there. Hey, uh, join me. Hide it under a bushel. No. I think you can do better than that. Let's try it one more time. Hide it under a bushel. No. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Then there was the verse. You remember this one? Won't let Satan it out. And I tell you, he's doing everything he can to it out today. He's doing everything he can to silence you, intimidate you, back you in a corner. But Jesus said, let your light so shine before men. Don't let the enemy intimidate you. Listen, we've got to have a boldness today. We've got to embrace a boldness today where we step out and become that light in the darkness that he's called us all to be, where we fully embrace that mission. And before anything else... Before anything else gets done, we're going to see to it day to day, we're letting our light shine. Amen? Amen. Now, he said, let your light shine. And so I, I want to challenge you with a thought that I, 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 want you to, I want you to receive fully. We must weaponize the light. I know some of you are getting nervous as soon as I, as soon as I use that term, but you got to Realize that the Bible is full of in imagery that helps us to understand and know, guys, look at me, we're at war. There is a war that is raging. There is a kingdom of darkness that fights us every day. And we can't just take a casual approach to all of this. I believe we've got to weaponize the light within us. We've got to understand that that light is a weapon to defeat the darkness around us. Romans chapter 13 and verse 12 uh, are the words of St. Paul as he writes by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He said, the night is nearly over. Somebody say, thank God. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. He uses imagery here that is military imagery. He's telling you, you're a soldier. There's a battle. There's a war. And you must dress like a soldier. You've got to weaponize the light within you and drive the darkness back because the darkness is the enemy. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. I came to tell you, light is greater than darkness. No weapon formed against you can prosper. Light is greater than darkness, amen. And through our God, we can push the darkness back. We can drive the darkness out. 2 Corinthians chapter four and verse four warns us that Satan who is the God of this world, and notice 
The term God is in a little, with a little G. It's spelled with a little G. He's not the real God. Come on. He's not the God on high. He's not the one true God. But he is the little G God of this fallen world. And, and Paul writes and says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. What's the Bible telling us? The Bible is telling us that darkness has blinded the, the minds of those that we work with, those in our neighborhood, those that we have influence with. The God of this world and his darkness has blinded their minds. So we've got to let our light so shine. We're on this children's theme. We've looked to Rudolph. We've looked to the nursery song. Let's just go on to Star Wars, okay? Most of us grew up loving the Star Wars movies, and now our children and our grandchildren have, uh, have, uh, have been privy to the, the story of Star Wars. You, right, you might recall that, that in Star Wars, uh, they fought with lightsabers. What was it? It was a form of light that had been weaponized. They fought with lightsabers, and, and what did they fight? They fought the dark side. There was so much spiritual imagery in those original movies that Lucas made. And, and today, we would do well to understand and realize that God has given us his light so that we can defeat darkness. We can drive out darkness. Ephesians 6 verse 17 says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That means God's word is your lightsaber. And I'm telling you, you can cut your enemy down. You can defeat your enemy every day. That darkness will flee if we'll just start using the word of God as our weapon to let our light shine. In Acts chapter 13, verse 47, the Bible says, The Lord gave us this command when he said, I have made you a light to the Gentiles. To bring salvation to the furthest corners of the earth. What is this? This is the mission of every believer. It's what God has left you on this planet to do. To be a light to those around you and bring salvation to the farthest corners of the earth. Again, how are we doing with that? If we're succeeding in every other area of life, but we're falling short in this mission that God has given us. It's time to hit our knees and repent before God and say, God, I want to be the light of the world that you have called me to be. We've got to wield the light of the sword of the Spirit of God if we're going to rescue people from darkness. And they so desperately need to be rescued from that darkness. Now, let me make this point. And I've tried to make it again and again in this series because I don't want you to confuse this. Our enemy is darkness, not those trapped by darkness. So often we level everything at people, but we're not in a war with people. No, no, no. We're to love people. We're to show kindness to people. We're to reach people with the grace of God, with the, with the love of God. Our enemy is darkness, not those 
enslaved by darkness or trapped by darkness. Ephesians 6.12 clears all that up. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. What's the Bible telling us? We've got an enemy, and it's not people. It is those demon spirits that are lording darkness over the minds of people we interact with every day. And in our interacting with them, God wants us to be light in that darkness. He wants us to deliver them from that darkness. The truth is, you don't know what you don't know. And the scripture even tells us that we're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Your neighbors don't know what they don't know. Your coworkers don't know what they don't know. And that's why you've got to share what you know. You've got to wield that sword. You've got to provide them the light of the knowledge of Jesus, who he is, what he's capable of doing, sharing your story with them, sharing the gospel with them, showing them what you're learning in the Bible, inviting them to church with you. You've got to be that light in their darkness. Now, get ready, because once again, I don't want you to be unprepared. Many are in darkness because they love darkness. And if all of us in this room and all of us joining us online are going to be honest, we're seeing people step into deeper forms of darkness today and embrace it than ever before. It's happening all around us. People love darkness. Here's what Jesus said in John's gospel, chapter 3, verse 19 through 21. He said, judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people love darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sin will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light. Here's what I'm pleading with you today. Come to the light. Leave that darkness behind and and come to the light of God's love, God's grace, God's forgiveness, God's redemption. Come to the light. I, I think we would miss God if we didn't address this in the context of what I'm sharing with you here on the eve of the day we celebrate Dr. King and all of his accomplishments. I want to acknowledge Racism is one of the greatest forms of darkness that exists. It really is. And you know, I've spent all my adult life battling it. All my adult life, I've tried to use the influence that God has used me in his church to call the church to a place of repentance over racism. Because if you don't think racism and prejudice exist in the church, you're not paying attention It absolutely, let's get real. The most segregated hour in American life is Sunday morning. Where all the black people go to one church, all the white people go to another church, all the Hispanic people go to their church, all the Asian people go, come on y'all. It's the most divided hour of the week. Do you know how that breaks the heart of God? Can I tell you, that's got to stop. And we've got to love one another and we've got to embrace the light fully and let it deliver us from our own darkness. We've got our own darkness to condemn with. And before we can ever make a difference in the darkness out there, we got to deal with the darkness in here. 
I know over the last couple of years, things have happened in such a way. And our enemy, listen, he's shrewd. He's cunning. And he has found ways to help people justify not speaking out against racism. And, 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 and it's not that they don't see it. And it's not that they, hate, that, they don't, that, that they don't hate it. They do. They hate it. But they're afraid to talk about it. Because it, the subject's become so divisive. And he's found ways to let us justify in our mind, well, I don't want to stir anything up. It's time something gets stirred up. It's time we let the Spirit of God stir us to the point where we will not allow a spirit of racism to prevail in darkness over us and over the Lord's church. Can I get a better amen? We've got to push back against that with all of our heart. Only the light can drive it out of our hearts. Only the light can drive it out of the church. Only the light can drive it out of our nation. But by the grace of God, I believe if God's church will rise up and be the light he's called us to be, we can send that demon running. We can deliver those around us from darkness. First John chapter 2 gives us clarity on this. That this is indeed one of the most gross forms of darkness there is. 1 John 2, 11 says, Anyone who hates a brother or a sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they're going because the darkness has blinded them. Today, it's time to embrace the light. Let it shine in our own hearts and deliver us. And then weaponize that light in such a way that we can drive darkness out of our families, drive darkness out of our neighborhoods, drive darkness out of our city. Can I get an amen? Because here's the last thing I'll say to you. Darkness is a term that we have come up with to describe the absence of light. Evil is a term that we've come up with to describe the absence of God. How can we get so upset when we see evil happening in our government when 40 years ago we decided we didn't want God in government anymore? How can we complain about our schools going to hell in a handbasket when we told God he wasn't welcome on the public high school campus anymore? We beat our chests as Americans and we brag on a wall we've erected between the church and the state. It's time that wall comes down and we let his light shine in the darkness all around us that people can be delivered, not by might and not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Somebody say, God. Come on, say it. God, use me as your light to drive out darkness around me in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to take just a moment and give you an invitation to accept Jesus Christ into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior. If you've never done that and you have no assurance in your heart that you're right with God, ready to meet God in eternity, I want you to consider a couple of things. The Bible tells us that all of us have sinned. All of us have come short of the glory of God. You know, it's the one thing we all have in common. We're all sinners. We all need a Savior. The scripture says that the price of our sin is separation from God. Now, God doesn't want us separated from Him. He wants to connect with us. It meant so much to Him 
that he sent his own son Jesus to come to this earth and to die on the cross for our sins. He rose again. And now the Bible says if we place our faith in Christ, we can be forgiven. We can be made right with God. And we can have a brand new life here and now and an eternal life when this life is over. Again, if you have no assurance of that, you can. You simply need to place your faith in Jesus Christ. The scripture says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So God loves you and he's ready to save you. He's just waiting on you to call on him. Why don't we do that right now? Let's call on God together by praying a very simple prayer. Repeat the words of this prayer after me. Let those words come right from your heart. Let's pray. Dear God, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner. I know my sin separates me from you and I don't want that. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe he died for me and rose again. And through faith in Jesus, I believe my life can change. So I ask you, Jesus, come into my heart, forgive all my sin and change my life. Be Lord of my life. From this day forward, I don't live for me anymore or the world anymore. God, I want to live for you. Help me to do that. And God, I thank you right now, even as I pray, according to your promise, my sins are forgiven. I'm now right with God. I am saved. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. If you just prayed that prayer with us, we want to know about it. We want to celebrate with you. Uh, all you'll need to do is just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to the number that's on your screen. Or uh, just go to the description below and you'll see a link that you can click there. And someone will connect with you and give you some next steps in your brand new faith in Jesus Christ. We're so excited that you've accepted Christ as your Savior and your Lord today. Congratulations and God bless you.